Welcome to our service of worship this morning. It's so good to be with all of you. Uh, one public service announcement for all of you is to make sure you stay hydrated and cool. We are in the middle of a heat wave. It's going to continue for a few more days. Just want to make sure that we're all taking care of ourselves uh, because it is going to be hot out there, and it has been for the last couple days. But it's a joy to worship with all of you today. Uh, as you were handed on the way in, we're taking communion today. Did anyone not get communion when they walked in? A little communion packet? Okay, good. Uh, if you need any help, uh, we, I tried to give you a little bit of advance warning right before we get to the point where we open those, because they can be kind of tricky. Uh, so I'll make sure to give you that little bit of heads up uh, in advance. You can start to work your way into the wafer, which we'll take first, and then the juice, which we'll take second. And that'll be later in our service. To begin our worship service this morning, we're going to begin with our first hymn, All Creatures of Our God and King. Follow the ways of the Lord. Those who follow God's ways are continually nourished in faith. Come, let us open our hearts to God's compassionate love. 
Direct us, O Lord God, in all our doings with your continual help, that in all our works begun, continued, and ended in you, we may glorify your holy name, and finally, by your mercy, bring us to everlasting life, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. And now for our first scripture reading from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, chapter 30, uh, verses 15 20. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today, by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways, and observing his commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him and holding fast to him. For that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give you, give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. The word of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Our psalm reading for today, for the, from the lectionary, comes from Psalm number one, and we're going to read it responsibly. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. They are like trees planted by streams of water. Which yield their fruit in this season, and their light leaves are not good. In all that they do, they prosper. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And now for our next hymn, Now Thank We All Our God.
I'm reading Philemon 1 through 21. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and co-worker, to Aphia, our sister, and to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. When I remember you in my prayers, I always thank my God because I hear of your love for all the saints and your faith towards the Lord Jesus. I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective when you are perceived all the good that we may do for Christ. I have indeed received much joy and encouragement from your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, my brother. For this reason, though, I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do your duty. Yet, I would rather appeal to you on the basis of love, and I, Paul, this as an old man, and now as a prisoner of Christ Jesus. I am appealing to you as my child, Omethius, whose father I have become during my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, and now he is indeed useful both to you and to me. I'm sending him, that is, my own heart, back to you. I want to keep him with you so that he might be of service to me in your place during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your good deed might be voluntarily and not something forced. Perhaps this is the reason he was separated from you for a while, so that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but as more of a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you? both in flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will repay it. I say nothing about your owning me, even your own self. Yes, brother. Let me have this benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I am writing to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. The word of our Lord. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 14th chapter. Now large crowds were traveling with him, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. 
For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost, to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000. If he cannot then, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. The Gospel of our Lord. Whenever I go to a bookstore, I find myself in a quandary. There are far too many books I want to buy for the money that I have. I I see the latest science fiction or mystery novels, and I think, ooh, those look super interesting. Or I see a complete collection of a poet I haven't read, or a science book on a topic that piques my interest, or fill in the blank, because admittedly there are numerous books I would love to buy and read across many different genres. The point is, I have a choice to make. I can't buy out the bookstore, and even if I could, I wouldn't have the space at home to house all those books, so I need to be selective. I need to make a choice. I share this scenario with you as a goofy and lighthearted introduction to the main point of our Old Testament passage from the lectionary for today. We read a passage from Deuteronomy chapter 30, where God speaks to the Hebrew nation through Moses about the power of choice. Picking one or two books at the bookstore is a fairly innocuous choice, but there are far more impactful choices that we all make. For example, we make choices regarding how to steward our time, how to manage our money, how to show love and affection to people we care about. Choices, choices, choices. They're all over the place. In Deuteronomy 30, the text said, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God. Every day that we live is filled with choices. Maybe we don't take the time to stop and reflect on that fact, but it's true. All day long, we are making choices. Do I talk to that person who frankly kind of annoys me? Do I put on the purple sweater or the gray one? Do I butter my toast or use jam? Do I attend this activity, join that group at the dining table, make this phone call, read this book, share this joke, and so on and so on? Choices all day long. Now the heart of the passage in Deuteronomy begs the question, how well are we choosing? Choices are important. Some carry greater weight than others. One of the most important things that can help us make good choices is wisdom. No one, not even the wisest people on earth, is done growing in wisdom. There's always something more to learn, something that can help us become more wise. The truly wise among us are those who know that they still have much to learn. 
The truly wise know that the journey of gaining wisdom doesn't end until we transition from this life into the next. Wisdom is a lifelong journey and pursuit. And wisdom is the best thing we could seek in order to make good choices. So if wisdom is needed to make good choices, then the next question we need to ask is, how do I become wiser? There are a couple of ways to grow in wisdom. First, of course, we can ask God for more. The New Testament letter of James says that all we have to do is ask and God will give us wisdom freely. It's a free gift from God anytime we ask. Personally, I find that very comforting. It reassures me that I can ask God for wisdom anytime, anywhere, and in any circumstance. God has answered that prayer many times for me. In many situations, I have felt strongly that I knew what my next right choice was, thanks to God giving me wisdom. Now, we can also grow in wisdom through relationships with wise people. Wise people overflow with wisdom, and when we talk with them and ask them questions and learn from them, then through their wisdom, we can grow in wisdom ourselves. So how do we find wise people? Such a great question. Wise people are made visible by the kind of life that they live. Wise people are not usually walking around saying things like, look at me and how wise I am. <laughs> so in the event that you see someone walking around really tooting their own wisdom horn, that's probably a red flag. Wise people are humble. Wise people are really good at listening and responding thoughtfully. Wise people are patient, not perfect, but they learn from all their experiences. Wise people will even learn from fools. They learn what not to do. I think we can all probably point out someone in our life who we know who is wise, who we would go to for advice, for counsel, for help. We know what wisdom looks like, and wise people can be a source of wisdom for us as we seek to grow in our ability to make good choices. One last source of wisdom is reflection. We can learn wisdom by being attentive to the lessons of life. We can learn from wise people's wisdom. We can learn from foolish people's mistakes. We can learn from our own experience of making good and foolish choices. So many people go through life without reflecting on it. And they miss so many opportunities to learn. So a third source of wisdom is simply reflecting on your own life experience. As the ancient Greek philosopher Socrates said, the unexamined life is not worth living. The unexamined life is not worth living. Now, I've spent a good amount of time talking about wisdom, which helps us make good choices, but the next step in the message today has to do uh, with taking us from thinking and reflecting to acting. One of the beautiful things about this passage in Deuteronomy is how God speaks through Moses and offers a healthy framework for understanding the choices that we make. The text said, I set before you life and death, blessings and curses, meaning you can choose things in your life that contribute to health and beauty and vitality for you and contribute to health and beauty and vitality for the lives of others. Of course, the opposite is also true. We can choose things that hinder health, that stop beauty, that stop life. 
both for ourselves and others. We have the power to make many different kinds of choices. So in order to choose well, we not only need wisdom, we also need a healthy sense of the weight of the power that we wield with every choice. Everyone has this power, the power to choose. So we need to acknowledge that power. It is its good or bad, positive or negative, healthy or unhealthy consequences to all of those choices. Because every choice is an act of power. We need to acknowledge that we don't always get it right. Sometimes we choose poorly. Sometimes the best choice we can make is to make right a wrong that we did. So where do we go from here? Well, I have some simple invitations for you to consider for this week. First, pursue wisdom actively. Be intentional about it. Come up with a plan. Spend time praying every day for wisdom. Call up or visit that person you know who's wise and talk with them. Learn from them. Spend time this week reflecting on your life. Write out experiences you've had. Look for the lessons you can learn from those experiences. So invitation one is to pursue wisdom. Second, reflect on the power of your choices. Write down experiences in your life where you know you made a poor choice. Ask yourself what you can learn from that experience. Write down or share with a friend experiences where you made a really good choice. Reflect on that and learn from it. So one, pursue wisdom. Two, reflect on the power of your choices. Third and finally, remember that wisdom always walks in lockstep with humility. All of us have more to learn. All of us can continue to grow in wisdom. All of us need God's wisdom. Humility will serve you well. Humility is the gateway to more wisdom. So don't stop learning. Be a student of your own life. The last thing I want to share today is that choosing life, as Deuteronomy invites us to do, will bring blessings to you and to those around us. There are a lot of people, even neighbors here and staff at Sunnyview, who need hope. They need encouragement. Every one of us can be light in the life of another person. You have much to offer every person you interact with. And that comes through how you make your own choices. Each of us can contribute to a healthy and blessed and wise and hope-filled community. Community of people who happen to be neighbors and share life together. So, remember these three simple invitations. Pursue wisdom, reflect on the power of choice, and remember to be humble. Amen? Amen. Let's continue our service of worship with our next hymn, Lord, Whose Love and Humble Service.
join me in the re- reading of our Confession of Faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. taking communion today, and while you're doing that, I'm going to just uh, share about our prayers for the congregation moment. As we do each week, uh, we spend a moment of time in prayer for those of us who have special needs, Uh, and the way that I invite you to share, I want to make sure that everyone feels comfortable, that there's no awkwardness or fear of sharing, Uh, but I recognize that when we come to worship, uh, we don't always come with everything going our way. Sometimes we're coming with uh, heavy burdens of grief. Uh, pain or struggle in our own lives. Sometimes we're coming thinking a lot about a loved one who's going through something very difficult in their life. And so whatever we bring to the service of worship, I want to take a moment to lift those things up to God in prayer. So if there's something that you would like us to pray for, uh, whether that's something challenging or difficult, like I said, in your life or the life of another, or a praise or uh, something that is exciting for you, I just want to invite you to indicate that at this time by raising your hand. Okay, I'm going to pray for these, and then after that, we're going to uh, walk through communion together. Let us pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that every time we gather in worship, you don't expect us to come perfect. You don't expect us to come put together entirely or having our whole life in line or our ducks in a row. We just come as we are, and we come because of your grace and your love. That's what draws us to worship. We thank you, Lord, that all the hands that have been raised, they represent a number of different situations. And so, Lord, we lift them up to you in prayer. We pray your blessing upon the needs. We pray for provision, for healing, 
for reconciliation, for hope. Lord, we praise you alongside our brothers and sisters who are praising you today for some good news, for some miracle, for some joy. And all the things in between, we lift these up to you and we entrust them to your care. Thank you, Lord, that every time we pray, you hear our prayers. None of our prayers are lost on you. And so we entrust these to you, and we pray that you grant us faith to continue to trust you with these requests as we make our way throughout this week. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we do on the first Sunday of every month, uh, we take communion together. And we do it using these convenient little prepackaged communion elements, which can be somewhat difficult to get into, so I wanted to give you your uh, number of amount of time to make it into the wafer, which we'll start with. But just so that you're aware of why we do this every month, communion is a special rhythm within the life of the church where we remember the supper Jesus took with his disciples. It was the Passover meal. And as was tradition, there was bread on the table and cups that they, were, that they were to drink, and all these things symbolized many powerful things. For the Jews, this was this long history of a story where every Passover they remembered God's setting them free from slavery in Egypt. And when Jesus sat down with his disciples at the table to celebrate that very meal, he took bread and broke it and gave thanks, and he said, Now, this bread represents my body, broken for you and broken for the whole world. Whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So at this time, I invite you to join me in taking the wafers together. Let us take. I'll give you a moment to peel back the next layer to get to the juice. At that very same meal, after having served the bread to his disciples, Jesus took a cup, he blessed it, and he said, This cup represents my blood, shed for you and shed for the sins of the whole world. This represents a new covenant between God and humanity. I've come to save. And so, as we take this cup, we pray God's blessings upon these elements. And we remember that God has given us life, love, and grace through Jesus Christ. Let us take. Let me pray for us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for this meal, for all that it represents. We thank you for the bread representing Jesus' broken body, for the cup representing his shed blood. We thank you that every time we take this meal, it is a a reminder, a very important rhythm in our life as community, that our whole life is centered upon your love, upon what you have done for us to save us. That is the ultimate gift. And so we thank you for this, this very special and blessed reminder. We pray that these elements that we've taken would be a blessing to our bodies, as well as to our spirits and souls. Bless us this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And now we continue with our next hymn, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds.
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Thank you, God.